the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Al Conservador Radio Show is sponsored by George Rodriguez on 930 AM, The Answer. Time for the El Conservador Radio Show with George Rodriguez. George is a constitutional conservative who loves to expose fake news and liberals. Be a part of the show. Call 210-308-8867. And now, El Conservador. George Rodriguez. Howdy, folks. George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. How is everybody today? All right. We've got several things that we want to talk about, as usual, as usual. Uh, I want to chat a little bit uh, about uh, my personal response. I was uh, I was asked to give a response uh, to the uh, president's uh, State of the Union address on Tuesday, uh, by uh, one of the local uh, CBS affiliates here in San Antonio. And uh, I uh, happened to uh, give my response opposite former congressman, former Democrat congressman, Charlie Gonzalez. And uh, I want to give you my, uh, my take on that because it was very, very interesting. It seems like, it seems like there was a, 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 a set, uh, a set, uh, a number of, of points, a set uh, point outline that uh, Democrats were following, and he certainly, certainly uh, seemed to follow it. The other thing, uh, of course, we're going to chat, uh, we're going to give you an update of immigration news, what's happening. We've got the caravan right here at our doorstep uh, across from uh, Eagle Pass and Del Rio. And uh, not only that, but, uh, you know, it's being overshadowed that we've got uh, other uh, caravans or, or parts of caravans in other communities just across the border, like in Nuevo Laredo and also in uh, in uh, Ciudad Cunha f- across from Del Rio, uh, you know, it, 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 we focus, the media seems to focus on one, but uh, in actuality, there are several uh, of these uh, migrant caravans that are, have, uh, that are encamped across uh, from, from our uh, border. And uh, the issue is, you know, how, how do we, how do we, uh, how do we protect our border? How do we secure it and prevent the, uh, the inflow? So um, we'll chat, of course, about that. We'll chat about um, uh, some other items about money that went to uh, the Central American and Mexican governments uh, back in October and what, whatever happened to that. We also, I also want to chat about um, the, uh, the, a measles outbreak that continues across the country in various states. And uh, very, very little is, is said about that. Um, we chatted about that. I, I gave you a report last week about that. But apparently it just, it just continues. The other thing is, folks, since it's IRS season, you know, we're all preparing and gathering our, our, our tax information. Let's talk about illegal aliens and how they claim IRS, how they claim tax refunds. Uh, it, it's very, very interesting I had a chat with a very, very good uh, patriot uh, who filled me in on this uh, information, and um, I, you know, I, I want to share with that, share that with you because uh, we really need to address it in some form or fashion. We really, really need to address it. Um, the other thing that I want to chat with you about, with you folks about, is, um, uh, and this is more of a local situation, but. It uh, is 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 very very. Uh, it, it's it's emblematic, symptomatic of what is happening with American history, with Texas history across the country, and that's regarding what is happening with the Alamo here in San Antonio. We're getting ready to celebrate um, the Alamo, uh, the history of the Alamo, the Battle of the Alamo once again here in San Antonio. The uh, the uh, Texas Independence is coming up uh, in March. These are big, big uh, events for Texas. However, they seem to be downplayed nowadays uh, in, in in Texas by by uh, liberals in some form or fashion. I want to. I just want to point it out. What I just want to point out. What I see 
with, with this situation, as well as what is happening with the Alamo, with the redevelopment. Uh, uh, they call it the reimagining of the Alamo. So um, uh, let's jump into some into some quick news right now, because uh, it's very, very interesting. First of all, like I said, my response, my my discussion with uh, with Charlie Gonzalez, my my uh, yesterday um, or on Tuesday, should I say, on Tuesday, uh, regarding the the, the response. Uh, what, what's been very very interesting is that since then, uh, the uh, the favorable approval, the approval uh, of uh, of the president's comments. Uh, it, it's it, according to, to a CBS poll. Now, this is CBS as well as according to an, an, a CNN poll. Now, this is CNN. Both of them came in at over 70% approval for the president. Over 70%. I, that, you know, it, it, I, I, if I was Nancy Pelosi, I'd be freaking out. I would be absolutely freaking out. Uh, it, it really, really showed, I, you know, again, I, from my perspective, I thought the president did a very, very good job of being very calm, very deliberate, and, and very logical. Very, very logical. You know, if there was any situation, if there was anything in that that, that, that looked uh, kind of contrived, was uh, a, a lot of the responses from, uh, you know, both Republicans and Democrats where they would just, you know, applaud uh, for this or, or growl, scowl at, uh, at that, you know, and it, it was, you know, it just, it, it just, looked, it just looked theatrical. At any rate, I, you know, 70% approval, over 70% approval uh, in, in a CBS or CNN poll for the president. I, I think that's <laughs> – that really says something. Uh, okay, getting to my uh, comments with uh, my debate, my discussion, whatever you want to call it, my argument. No, <laughs> it was very civil uh, with Charlie Gonzalez. And, our, and, and for those of you that are interested in, it, in seeing it, it's on my Facebook page, El Conservador, as well as um, – uh, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on Facebook. You can go there and you can see the um, uh, the, the the discussion, the reaction that we both had to the State of the Union. And anyway, uh, Charlie Gonzalez, uh, the thing that first of all got me was uh, that he uh, continues to insist. He, like all the uh, other Democrats, continue to insist the the illegal immigration issue is a scare tactic. That's what he said. He said it's a scare tactic. You know, folks, I have no idea what they are looking at. Obviously, you know, if he goes down to to, uh, to Eagle Pass or Del Rio here in town, here in this here in Texas, you know, he's going to see the the um, the number of uh, the the thousands of migrants that are across the border that are ready to come across that are just waiting to come across. But to him, illegal immigration is a scare tactic. I don't I don't understand that. The other thing that really struck me with uh, with his arguments and his statements is that. This is a, a, an effort to uh, unify Republicans. Well, you know, I would say it's an effort to, you know, when you're talking about illegal immigration, uh, particularly illegal immigration of uh, criminal elements or people that are sick. That's the other thing. Uh, people that are sick, because when it comes to criminal aliens, again, he, continu- he, he continues to say or he said that um, uh, that the number of criminal aliens uh, it is far overblown, and again, it's a scare tactic. Well, my, let me ask you. Let me ask my friends. How many criminal aliens is too much? Too too much? Too many? How many is it? Is it overblown? Is an overblown or overstated number? How many? Is it one? You know, I mean, if you happen to be the victim of that one illegal immigrant criminal, isn't that you know? Isn't that worth you saying, hey, let's keep them all out? You know. If you buy one, how about if it's, you know, by, by 10, by 20, uh, this whole idea that, you know, the other thing that he said was we have, um, we have criminal behavior among Americans. Well, yeah, we do. We have criminal, Amer- we have criminal behavior among Americans. Is that a reason then to turn a blind eye to criminal illegal aliens who are not supposed to be here? I mean, you know, let's, uh, let's look at it in those terms. The other thing that uh, that struck me about his comments was, again, this situation that it's somehow racist, racist that uh, we should be debating the issue of uh, illegal immigration because it impacts on, on, on Latinos. I got news for you, my friends. 
you know, uh, Latinos, and this was, again, one of the polls that, that was taken last night, Latinos, Hispanics, uh, Spanish-speaking Americans, Spanish surname, I don't know what they call us nowadays. I have no idea. At any rate, um, this group is very, very much in, in, in sync with the president about the border. Very much in sync with the, board, with the president about the border. So, uh, you know, it, it, it was their, 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 their sense of having a, uh, having a secure border is, keeps coming back to both that it's racist as well as that it's not necessary. And I, frankly, my friends, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm in shock about that. I'm really, really in shock about it. Two other little items real quick that I want to, that I want to uh, bring to your attention. Because, again, you know, race and, and ethnicity, identity politics, as we call it, uh, is, is very much alive and well among the Democrats. Uh, the other day, uh, last Tuesday, uh, Elizabeth Warren, Senator Elizabeth Warren, Pocahontas, as uh, President uh, Trump calls her, and many of us do. But um, she was caught flat-footed, flat-footed, that uh, in her state of Texas bar registration, 1986, she personally identified herself as an American Indian. It was in her own writing. She identified herself as American Indian. The uh, Washington Post and... um, the, uh, uh, the the Washington Post caught that and uh, found it, which I find uh, within itself very very interesting that the Washington Post would uh, would uh, do investigative reporting on on uh, a big liberal that's running for uh, for for president. I thought that was very very interesting. I wonder who who they are supporting. At any rate, uh, she um, uh, it was found uh, a card where she made her application and identified herself as an American. Indian, 1986. My friends, this is what happens when you've got affirmative action and race identity and it is abused because I guarantee anybody who looks at me, you know, uh, if I put on some feathers, I mean, I look like Tonto. I look like, uh, like somebody that just ran off uh, uh, an Indian movie. You look at her. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Doesn't look at, doesn't look at. So, uh, you know, when we play these race identity games, you know, if if she wants to be an attorney, why doesn't she just talk about her qualifications? Uh, we're going to take a quick break. George Rodriguez, El Conservador, and then we'll be right back with some more commentary and news. Don't go away. Stay with us. Hello, El Conservador listeners. If you are interested in following George Rodriguez, El Conservador, we invite you to follow him at his internet website, elconservador.net. You can also follow him on Facebook at George Rodriguez, El Conservador, and on Twitter at El Conservador for daily commentaries. You can also purchase his book, El Conservador, Conservative Opinions, online at Amazon.com. The book contains essays and commentaries about illegal immigration, fake news, and race relations. Finally, you are invited to his next speaking engagement at the Far North Dallas Tea Patriots on Thursday, February 21st at the Coverica Building, 5999 Summerside Suite 200, Dallas. If you are interested in inviting El Conservador to speak to your group or event, Please contact him through Facebook or through the station at 930amtheanswer.com. El Conservador thanks you for your support. Keep the fire of freedom burning. All right, friends, once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. Continuing our discussion um, in reaction to the uh, President's State of the Union last uh, last Tuesday, uh, one of the things that I debated with uh, former uh, congressman, former Texas congressman, Charlie Gonzalez, uh, he insisted that, again, besides I- illegal immigration being a uh, scare tactic, he insists that there is no socialism, that there is no, that socialism uh, is another scare tactic, that uh, no one's really pushing for it. it. Certainly the Democrats are not in favor of it, blah, blah, blah. Again, my friends, I, 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 I guess he hasn't been listening to uh, Bernie Sanders. I guess he hasn't been listening to Ocasio-Cortez. I guess he hasn't been listening to several of those folks. But um, uh, socialism, my friends, is a fact. It is, you know, it is being proposed across the country. And here in San Antonio, it is no different. Let me share with you a very, very interesting 
very, very interesting story regarding a uh, mayoral candidate uh, here in San Antonio. This gentleman uh, is a dentist um, named Bert, uh, and I hope I pronounce his name correctly, Ciccone. Uh Bert Ciccone, uh is a, uh, is, is a gentleman who is running for mayor here in San Antonio. And his billboards, because we're getting ready to, uh, to elect a new city council and mayor sometime soon, uh, I think within the next six months, uh, his uh, billboards have started going up. All over, the, all over the city. And uh, they have various, various messages on it. But one of the messages, one of the messages on the billboard is that he's telling voters about his idea for a tuition-free college program. Okay? Again, tuition-free college uh, is something that is very, very, very close in, uh, to the hearts of a lot of the, the, the socialist folks, a lot of the Democrats. Uh, it's a great idea. It's a great idea. Don't get me wrong. Uh, you know, having... Not having to pay for uh, for college, you know, who doesn't like that idea, particularly folks who are deep in debt. But the fact of the matter is, you know, and this is this is again, uh, this is a saying that I keep hearing that my parents used to say that I keep hearing from folks, you know, anything worth uh, uh, anything worth anything is worth uh, paying for. I mean, it, it's worth a sacrifice. And the situation with uh, with higher education, obviously, obviously, uh, there's got to be a price to, to pay for it because if it's worth it, it's worth it. No, never mind uh, about that. Um, Mr. Ciccone is proposing. Now, here's his idea. Okay, here's his idea. He is proposing to uh, a, a, to force builders, and I'll use that word force because he wants to put together a city ordinance. To me, a city ordinance is a city law, and that is government forcing you to do something. So he's proposing to force builders and citizens to pay for this college for tuition free college program through a city ordinance that will uh, undoubtedly impact negatively on, on on the building industry. You know, the devil is all in, always in the details. What he is proposing is that all new construction, whether it's buildings or homes, all new construction here in San Antonio, that they are going to have solar panels. OK, solar panels. And that would, those solar panels would be installed by the uh, City Public Service. Now, City Public Service is, is the energy company, is the energy nonprofit, supposedly, this energy company that is owned by the city. And they are the ones that generate all the, all the uh, gas and electrical, all the gas and electrical energy for the city of San Antonio and Bear County. Okay? And uh, he, sa- he says that uh, the panels are going to be owned installed and owned by CPS. So in other words, you're going to have a panel, you're going to have these solar panels on your home or on your business building, but you're not going to own them. Okay. You're just going to be paying into the system and the system will be, uh, and then they'll, they'll utilize the money for the, for the tuition free program. Sounds great. Sounds great. Except, except here's the situation. Here's the situation. If anybody, if anyone out there really has studied and knows about solar energy, solar panels, they understand that solar panels don't last, don't last as long as people pay for them. That's the fact. You buy a solar panel, let's say for, uh, you, you, you buy a solar panel and you pay for it for 10 years. Unfortunately, that solar panel usually will give out within eight years which means that you continue paying on something that you don't have. Imagine buying a car and paying on that car even after the car is gone. Okay? So what do we do? What do we do in that case of a solar panel? Do we replace it? The other thing is that solar panels by far, like all, like wind energy and a lot of this green, green energy, uh, they have to be subsidized because they are so expensive. They have to be subsidized. So the person... Uh, the, the homeowner or the business owner is going to buy this solar panel and the taxpayer is still going to be subsidizing because it's so expensive. So again, we've got a, a, a solar panel that's expensive to you and that it's not going to last. However, that solar panel is supposed to generate money so that somebody can go to college free. I, and I'm, you know, I'm flabbergasted. I'm flabbergasted. I wonder if this gentleman has really thought it through. I wonder who he's been listening to. You know, the idea of, of, of tuition-free college, my friends, it sounds very, very noble. 
it is very noble. You know, the city, uh, by, by having such a program, the city obviously would increase the number of college-educated people, you know, and higher education would be available to low-income folks, to a lot of folks, to everyone. However, you know, let's take into consideration the higher cost of, con- of, of construction and occupancy of these buildings that are going to have this, these solar panels. That impact on the citizens. How about the high cost of installation and maintenance of those solar panels? How about that? You know, all of that is going to cause a rise in the cost of living of San Antonio. And you know what happens when rising costs of living impact on people? They move. <laughs> they move. Liberal and socialists, liberals and socialists, my friends, don't seem to understand that people always vote with their feet across the history of the world, across the history uh, of nations. People have voted with their feet. The whole idea of migrations, about people's migrations, is because they, they, they want something better, and so they move. That has happened in urban development because... You know, people have moved out of central cities because of crime, because of, uh, of uh, segregation, because of uh, all sorts of problems, because of high taxes mostly. You know, I've got a good friend who is, a, uh, who, who, uh, is one of the top uh, urban uh, planners uh, in, in, uh, uh, in the Northeast, and he's always told me about how, you know, places like Chicago – and, uh, and Detroit uh, suffered because the middle class, black and upper middle class, moved out of downtown Detroit and Chicago. And who did it leave behind? It left behind the poor people. Why? Because of high taxing, because of crime, because of all sorts of things that, that they felt impacted on their cost of living, on, on their standard of living. The cost of living, my friends, impacts on the, uh, the other issue is that you've got an ordinance forcing people to do something in the name of another program. You know, any time that you force people to do something, my friends, eh, I don't know. I don't know. Government forcing folks no, doesn't, really, doesn't, even, doesn't really play well. You know, uh, the high cost of construction, it, is, it impacts on the affordability of housing. If it costs a if it costs a, a a builder to build a fifteen hundred foot square foot house, if it costs them uh, fifty thousand dollars, seventy five thousand dollars, and then this ordinance comes along and it's going to cost them a hundred thousand dollars or one hundred and twenty five thousand dollars, who do you think is going to end up paying for that money? I mean, for that for that additional cost, it's going to be the person. That's either going to rent or buy that property, or it's going to be the taxpayer who subsidizes it, you know? So again, again, my friends, the affordability of housing is impacted on, and the cost is passed on to whom? To the consumer and the taxpayer. You know, any, any public program that meets, that means more local government spending and higher debt, it's, uh, it, it's not that good, my friends. It's not, it's not that good. Contrary to what many liberals claim, government programs never pay for themselves. That's the fact. And sadly, here in San Antonio, like in many other communities, in many other urban uh, governments, cities across the, the nation, there's been uh, a drift to the left in re- recent years. And Ciccone, he may not be elected. This guy, Ciccone, may not be elected. However, the idea of, of tuition-free college, it's, uh, it's going to take, take root. And I bet you that there's going to be a lot of the liberal city candidates running for mayor and running for city council that are going to pick up on it. They're going to they're beat that, that, that drum. And uh, once they start talking about it, my friends, uh, there's a hesitancy to push back. There's real hesitancy by a lot of folks to push back because who's going to debate, who's going to oppose tuition-free college? You know, what politician that wants to get elected at any rate? You know, several liberal programs, you know, here in San Antonio have already been, uh, have been cre- created that we're dealing with right now, like the uh, Mayor uh, Julian Castro. He created this uh, pre-K program that uh, ends up being nothing more than a duplicate of what, um, uh, 
what pre-K programs already existed. But the difference is that the city is running this pre-K program and the city is forcing, yes, that's the word I'll use, forcing public schools, public school districts here in town to uh, participate in it. You know, the city, the citizens of, uh, and taxpayers uh, here in San Antonio are paying uh, for that program, for that PK, pre-K program through city property taxes because it's a city program. But they're also paying, uh, paying for it through uh, school district taxes because the school districts have to participate in this program. So we're paying twice for it. Not to mention that uh, it's a duplicate of federal programs like Head Start. So, you know, we're paying for it actually three times. Uh, also, you know, we've got uh, our local mayor, Ron Nirenberg, who's created a program to, uh, to provide legal services to illegal aliens, uh, which is in direct opposition to uh, state law against sanctuary cities. But, you know, what the heck? This, my friends, is a, is a situation where we're seeing socialism creeping into our communities, into our backyard. And when somebody says, no, it's not real, there it is. It's right there. It's right in front of us. Once again, my friends, uh, we're going to take another quick break. George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of Texas. I hope you're telling your friends about our show. I hope you're sharing it uh, online. So um, we'll be right back. Hang in there. Take care. We'll be right back. George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio. Once again, my friends, George Olivia said, Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. And um, let's talk now about another very, very hot little item for the state of Texas and certainly for San Antonio. And um, we're getting ready here in San Antonio to celebrate. Uh, we're entering the um, that uh, what we call the Fiesta Week or Fiesta Celebrations coming up soon in April. Um, Fiesta the celebrations are um, to celebrate Texas Independence Day. Well, uh, of course, very, very key to Texas Independence is the Alamo right here in San Antonio. And uh, over the past uh, few years, we've been uh, watching discussions. We've been watching the progress of what they call reimagine the Alamo. Now, that uh, amounts to a, uh, an effort to redevelop the downtown area in and around the Alamo. And uh, one of the things that they're planning to do is, um, is uh, put up a new wall uh, that resembles the old wall that was around the structure prior to the, to the Battle of the Alamo, as well as uh, a new uh, museum that presents the history, not only of the Alamo, but uh, of the entire area from the Stone Age forward. So uh, let me make these comments as we go into this discussion about what is happening with the Alamo itself. Let us, let's make sure that everyone understands that the Alamo is a critical, if not the most important symbol of Texas history. It is revered. It is it is sacred to a lot of us because of what it uh, symbolizes. The, um, the, the uh, fact that, it, that the Alamo ended up right in the middle of downtown in San Antonio is both a blessing and a curse. It's a blessing because it gives access to everyone that comes to San Antonio. It gives access to them. There it is. There's the Alamo. You know, you can, you can, uh, be walking distance from any hotel in downtown as well as to restaurants and, you know, uh, football stadiums and et cetera, et cetera. It's, it's, it's right downtown. The curse again, my friends, is that because it is downtown, it, uh, it has been surrounded by a lot of businesses, a lot of urban, uh, well, I won't say decay, but a lot of urban development that has impacted on it. And uh, a lot of folks will look at it and say, wow, uh, I thought it was out in the middle of the country or I thought it was different. You know, they, they think of the Alamo being out uh, in a John Wayne movie out in the middle of the country or something. And there it is. So what they're trying to do now, you know, they're, again, very noble idea is to redo the Alamo and, um, and, and restore it to uh, its uh, 
pre-battle, 1836, uh, state to a large degree. However, here's the problem. The devil is in the details, of course. The devil is in the details. The, uh, the Alamo, uh, redoing the Alamo is, uh, has, is involving uh, some, what they call uh, nonprofit organizations. And uh, those nonprofit organizations have become very, very questionable to a lot of us. Very, very questionable. Because they, uh, they are not subject to open records. And so, therefore, the spending of the money uh, of, these non- of these nonprofits that are receiving public money, as well as their plans, are somewhat, you know, uh, murky, if not completely, uh, if not completely, uh, totally out of, you know, uh, out of reach. There are three. There are three five hundred one c three nonprofits that are involved in this situation with the you know, with the Alamo. Uh, the Alamo Endowment, the Alamo Complex Management, and the Remember the Alamo Foundation. The Alamo Endowment, uh, it was created uh, solely to raise money for the Alamo, and it has no other purpose, okay? Approximately uh, $350,000 were raised before my good friend Jerry Patterson, who was the then uh, state, uh, uh, oh gosh, I can't remember who it's, the, the exact title, but uh, he, was, uh, he was involved in uh, the initial uh, raising of the money. And, um, you know, uh, it, it, it continues. And uh, as of October 2017, uh, it was believed that uh, the Alamo Endowment had raised a little over two, uh, had, had raised very little money in a two-year period, and it was having a difficulty uh, uh, making a, a, a payroll for all of the uh, all of the employees that it uh, that it it, it had. Um, then there's uh, the Alamo Complex Management, and uh, it's now called the Alamo Trust. And this one was organized um, uh, in uh, about April of 2015. And uh, it is an it is a management contract with the depart with the uh, daughters of the Republic of Texas, who used to run the place, uh, the Alamo, and uh, it, uh, it 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 is now uh, it has uh, now being being uh, overseen by the uh, by George P. Bush, who is uh, who succeeded Jerry Patterson. Uh, in st- it, the uh, the advantage of this nonprofit. Uh, uh, is that again? It's raising it's raising money, but uh, again, we don't know how much money is is being brought in and where is it going. The uh, Republic of the, the Daughters of the Republic of Texas had seventy to eighty employees that were employed at the uh, at at the Alamo, and when it was taken over by the state by George P. Bush, he didn't want to add state employees because that would mean that he's uh, he's growing the the. Uh, the government, so he didn't want to add them. So instead, uh, he created this uh, Alamo Complex Management Trust, this nonprofit, and uh, so these these uh, employees are still are, are are being paid, but they're being paid with state dollars. So uh, you know, how much does the taxpayer have oversight into these folks if they're using our money? You know, how much? That's a good question. Then there's the third one. It's called Remember the Alamo Foundation. And it was created about the same time as the Alamo, uh, as the AMC, the Alamo uh, Management Complex or Complex Management. And uh, it, it uh, again, it was designed to, um, to be the uh, new, the, the main fundraising arm for the Alamo Endowment. Okay. Now, you know, again, it, it, there is so much convolution here, my friends. That it's somehow very that it's sometimes very difficult to understand who's on first and who's on second, and again, this is part of the problem. This is part of the problem because who is using the money and for what purpose, and what are their plans for the Alamo? Because then it becomes very easy to say, well, you know, uh, we're not really responsible. That group is responsible, or we're the we're not really spending the money. That per, that group is spending the money. And so when this vinegar pointing begins, what do we do? My friends, the big, big worry, and we're going to, become, we're going to discuss this a little bit more as we go along, as, 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 the, uh, 
uh, as Texas independence uh, gets closer to us. I want, I want us to discuss this more and more because one of the biggest headaches that's happening is employment of liberal uh, professors who want to rewrite the Alamo's history. That's a concern to us. That's a big, big concern to us. These three nonprofits employing and using their money for consultants is another issue. We've seen how uh, consultants from New York have been brought in to plan and redevelop the Alamo. I mean, somebody from New York telling us how we should redo the Alamo? Uh, you know, I, I, something smacks on that one. I'm sorry. The other thing is the rewriting of the Alamo. I told you at the very, very beginning that um, that one of the things that they're that they're talking about in this new museum is how to uh, how to talk about the Alamo, but in in terms of its history from the Stone Age forward. From the Stone Age forward, again, it sounds very, very noble. But my friends, the whole reason that we celebrate the Alamo is what? The Battle of 1836. If you're going to start bringing in, you know, Stone Age, uh, Stone Age history, uh, you know, how much of, of, the, uh, of that museum is going to be dedicated for the Battle of the Alamo? The third thing, and this is another one that, I, that, 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 that worries me, is that many of these professors if not all of them, but many of these professors that have been, that have been contracted with and who are part of the consultants for all three of these uh, nonprofit organizations, many of these uh, professors are professors who believe very, very strongly that the whole history of Texas is based on race and imperialism, that it is based on Texans' Uh, or Americans or whites coming in and taking the land away from Mexico. That's their view. You know, one professor that's been involved has used the phrase occupied Mexico. Well, I got news for you, my friends. This is no more occupied Mexico than the 13 states who were the original 13 colonies are occupied England. I'm sorry. It's no more that. It's no more than, than Louisiana is occupied France. It is not occupied Mexico. What happened was that, and I'll give you a real quick before we go to break, you know, what happened was that Texans, Latino Texans, white Texans, Indian Texans rebelled against a central dictator in Mexico City, Santa Ana. And when they rebelled, they beat him. And they didn't want any more part of him, and they became independent. That's the fact. It wasn't that this group came in, took the land away, and, uh, and, and poor Santa Ana was left penniless. No, no, no. Santa Ana was the dictator. He provoked a revolt, and he lost. Period. No two ways around it. Once again, George Rodriguez, we're going to go to a break. George Rodriguez, El Conservador. We're going to be chatting more about Texas and Texas history and this whole issue of the Alamo. Stay with us uh, for future programs. But uh, let's take a break now. George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hello, El Conservador listeners. If you are interested in following George Rodriguez, El Conservador, we invite you to follow him at his internet website, elconservador.net. You can also follow him on Facebook at George Rodriguez El Conservador and on Twitter at El Conservador for daily commentaries. You can also purchase his book, El Conservador, Conservative Opinions, online at Amazon.com. The book contains essays and commentaries about illegal immigration, fake news, and race relations. Finally, you are invited to his next speaking engagement at the Far North Dallas Tea Patriots on Thursday, February 21st at the Coverica Building, 5999 Summerside Suite 200, Dallas. If you are interested in inviting El Conservador to speak to your group or event, Please contact him through Facebook or through the station at 930amtheanswer.com. El Conservador thanks you for your support. Keep the fire of freedom burning. 
Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, welcome back. El Conservador talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of Texas. Okay, I have a special guest with me today. And um, for uh, sensitive reasons, we're going to keep her name uh, confidential. But uh, she does work in the tax preparation industry. And we want to chat with her regarding the issues that she sees, the problems that she sees uh, in the tax preparation industry. industry with regards to illegal aliens and illegal immigration. Uh, we uh, tax indis- the, the, the tax season is upon us. We're all gathering our information now, getting ready to uh, fill out our tax forms and submit them to the IRS. Well, you know, she's uh, in that industry and I wanted to reach out and ask her if she would, if she would share the situation, the, the problems that she sees with us. So uh, let me just uh, welcome her to the show. And uh, ask her uh, what what are the issues. So welcome welcome to the show. Now uh, uh, tell us uh, what situations do you see as a tax preparer? What problems do you see with regards to illegal aliens and illegal immigration? George, I have come across some illegal aliens that have tried to use children that actually live in Mexico as dependents. Gotcha. Um, Right. Uh, Some are married to each other, um, but yet will file separately. So they have head of household and maybe a child, and then the other one will have head of household and another child. But the IRS isn't following through with, how can you have two head of households at the same address? Gotcha. Right. And so they go and they get bigger refunds. And now tell us, what, what is that? What is that? The refunds that they get, because they're filing head of household with a a child, and they make less than the threshold of, let's say, 21000 Gotcha. They get earned income credit. They'll get a child tax credit for that dependent that they have. And they'll also get an additional child tax credit that the IRS allows for having that dependent and being below the threshold of poverty. Wow. Okay, so that is a refund that they are getting, and uh, what would what would be normal for somebody a, a, a couple filing together as uh, you know uh, uh, making combined a hundred thousand dollars, let's say, a couple. What what possibly could they be paying in and re- getting in return? The average American couple that has a combined hundred thousand dollars are paying into taxes over $12,000 and might receive a refund of maybe $700 back because they get taxed on that. Wow. So, so a, 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 an average couple would might, uh, that's making a hundred thousand would get 700 back while paying in 12,000 while these folks, uh, are getting how much back? <laughs> they get anywhere to 3,000 to up to $10,000 because they claim those dependents and the spouses because unlike the, the those that get married in the U.S., which we change our names to our spouse's last name. Right. Those illegals coming over, they don't do that. And so, therefore, the IRS doesn't recognize that they're married to each other. Wow. So the, so the problem, like you pointed out, I mean, that the IRS obviously is not checking uh you know, whenever uh, two heads of household are 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 uh, using the same address, uh, obviously they're not they're not you know checking on that. What other what other kind of problem do you see? There's um, also the IRS when they do file an income tax return. Um, if it's the first time they're filing because they work, somebody hired them for a job. They are issued if they do their income tax with it. They are issued an identification, an individual taxpayer identification number, an I-10. Those I-10s, their numbers, are like Social Security numbers. Okay, and they they are used in that in the, in that manner by the um, uh, by the alien. By the alien, and therefore they they get to work. Aha! Uh-huh. But there are some that are issued. Social Security cards 
that have been here for years that was part of that amnesty, right. they have social security cards, but they're clearly stated, valid for work only with DHS authorization. Ah, gotcha. So there's both that get away with the system, and these employers that hire them, knowing they don't have a social security number. <laughs> so... Uh, let's let's talk also about the situation then, where the uh, tax preparer. I mean, what uh, what can the tax preparer do or should be doing when they come across somebody who is uh, obviously filing something false? I'm very diligent in asking all the questions. When I have somebody come across that says that they're claiming a child, um, let's say it's a brother, a sister, a niece, or a nephew, I ask them, well. Where's the mom? Where's the dad? Are they dead? You know, why can't take, they take care of this child? I ask all the diligent questions. I don't see that happening with big tax companies. Gotcha. I'll turn away more people than do their taxes because of that. Now, now let's let's be honest. Every time that that a, a somebody at H and R Block, let's say, uh assist somebody with filing their their taxes they get they get paid a certain amount so the more people that they help the better the you know the 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 better the customer the more service revenue they generate correct so it is uh you know if they're turning people away well they're losing revenue right right correct but i don't see that happening with them gotcha i mean uh, obviously, they should if if they're filing if they're finding something suspicious in the filing by somebody, they should be able to say, "Well, I can't help you. You know, you're you're this this doesn't make sense, and I'm not sure that you can file." They should be saying that. They should be saying that. Aha, uh-huh. gotcha. Or if there is a single parent that comes in and say, "I'm claiming these de- dependents," show me the eight three three two that shows that you're significant other that birthed these children or helped you with these children are not going to claim them on an income tax. Gotcha. Now, in in, a, in, in communities like San Antonio or uh, Austin even, um, you know, where, where you have significant numbers of, uh, of uh, uh, illegal aliens, uh, do you think that this problem is is pretty prevalent? And this, uh, you know, as 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 illegal aliens try to uh, cash in on this uh, on on tax returns, that's why they've moved to those cities because they're sanctuary cities and they're not going to get harmed. They are protected. Gotcha. So so in that kind of a situation, in 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 a sanctuary community. Uh, the the company obviously the company is not going to be able to deny somebody uh, assistance because of, uh, of their, uh, legal status. I mean, you know, they can't, they can't ask for legal status and they can't do anything of the nature without getting the company and getting themselves in trouble. So it's going to make sense that these people can go to these communities and be, be able to file there and uh, not be detected, I guess. That's true. Wow. Uh, Amazing. Uh, that it really is is, is shock. How much uh, uh, how much do you see of this where you're working? I mean, how much about how, what's the percentage of people that come in and uh, and and obviously shouldn't be filing today? Out of ten, two were turned away, eight were completed. Wow! So it's a, at least it's going to be a, 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 you know by by that uh, about twenty percent, about twenty percent of the uh, of the of the folks that uh, are filing. Are, uh, are should be turned away, should not be filing, huh? That's correct. And that's if the tax preparer is doing their due diligence and asking all the questions that the IRS requires you to ask. And the IRS even has a specific question. Do you feel that, you, that this is inconsistent with what they're saying? You have to answer yes or no. It throws up red flags. So clearly, clearly, these folks should be should be asking these tax preparers should be asking these questions, and uh, again, because of sanctuary city uh, ordinances, because of conflict with the with, I mean, they're not able to 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 do that because they could get themselves in trouble with the local uh, local uh, city ordinance who uh, is protecting illegal aliens. Correct. That's correct. Wow, what a pro! I mean, what a, a headache. 
what an absolute headache. Um, how long have you been? How, how long have you been a tax preparer? For about fifteen years now. Wow. Have you seen the problem getting worse? Yes. Wow. And, 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 you know, we've, we're, we've got to close up in a few moments here, but um, what, what is your suggestion? What do you think should need, needs to happen to address this problem? Sounds like anybody with the same address that comes across somebody's desk and they've seen it before, or, you know, you should know that you can't have four or five people at one address as head of household. Yep. Only one person should be head of household in any one given house. So the tax preparers should be the, at the front line of this of this battle. Yes, we should. Gotcha. Amazing. But some just do it as a as a job. You know, I'm here. I'm gone. Come April. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, you know, it is a very, you know, this is just another aspect of the uh, of the problem that we have across the country with illegal immigration. Just another aspect of it. You know, whether it's it's crime, whether it's overburdened schools, uh, it's all part of the same headache. Let me thank you for coming on and uh, again, uh, being brave enough to to talk to me about this situation. Uh, this uh, this this young lady is is uh, a tax preparer and she has uh, taken it upon herself to talk to us and we're keeping her discreet, but uh, she's telling us what she sees on a daily basis. And uh, thank you very, very much for your, for for your patriotism, for, for being so, uh, so conscientious of, uh, of the laws. Thank you, George. Uh, We're getting close again, my friends. Uh, I really, really thank you for joining us. I hope that you come that you continue to come back. I hope that you continue to support us. Um, go to our uh, Facebook page, uh, El Conservador. Uh, join us uh, on our uh, uh, join us on, on our uh, website, El Conservador. Support us, my friends. Support us. There are very few uh, Americans of Mexican descent uh, who are conservative, constitutional conservative speaking. Of. So until next time, my friends, next Saturday, 2 o'clock, join us again. George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. Thank you, and have a good one. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.